I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for I know it's gonna sound crazy. Episode one of Touching Evil. Like I said, for the first time in the in our history, I think we finally found an American show that might be better than the British show. Yes. Now, this isn't our first better remake. Uh, we will always love uh, Korean Criminal Minds. Mm. No matter how many times they waste hours of an episode, well, minutes of an episode, talking about how great their phones are and their yeah. cars are in the well, most awkwardly... Got in, in the you most gotta... awkward product placement this side of Vincenzo and its caffeinated chocolate. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, that caffeinated chocolate from Vincenzo. <laughs> but I think I even I think even that was a, you know, a nod to product placement or, you know. I think that might have been real product placement. I don't know that that was a joke. I think that might have been actual product placement. No, no, I think it really was. Yeah, of course. But I, I what I'm saying is that they were willing to make it so over the top, yes, over the top because of product placement, as you say, in in Korean criminal minds. Right? Maybe. Which, well, no, I think in the genre generally. Yeah, in the well, nobody's yeah. nobody's specifically referencing Korean criminal minds. I think we might be the only people who watched Korean criminal minds. I think lots of people must have watched it. You say that, but it didn't get a second season, so. Well, and maybe they maybe they didn't want a second season. Yes, that's a completely normal thing for a TV show to not want a second season. Well, in Korea, it's not so surprising. Maybe Sony wanted too much money. Who knows? You know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things with that because Korean television works slightly differently, as I've found out following all of the stuff. And now that I'm not on Netflix, I haven't been watching the reason. Yeah, so I go on to the recent Korean stuff, but I've got other things to do. Absolutely. I'll get television later. But it is very different. Of course. Um, and the structure is different. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, ooh, I tell you. So we're there, watching American Touching Evil. And right off, uh, it starts in a very different way than the original did. Because it starts with Dave, who's, you know, just same character. Uh, same character name, anyway, and same basic premise of the character. It yes. starts with the incident in which he was shot. Yes. And I guess we'll find out more as we go. But where in the original, he was just a guy on a drug raid who got shot during the drug raid here... It is clearly, and again, we don't know the details yet, and I certainly don't remember from when I first watched this. Uh, here, it is posited that he was on an investigation for the FBI, like a specific, probably serial killer-related investigation for the FBI when he got shot in the head. And we don't hear any details about what that investigation was, but the visual of it, he's driving to a remote house that is, you know, weirdly Spartan and ascetic. Like it is, it is all white. There is strange black and white art on the walls. Like it is very, it's a very weird location he's going to. 
the house is completely, I mean, it's almost fantastical that the house is completely empty except for a black cat, you know? Like, it's, it's pointedly very strange, and you're supposed to be feeling off-put. And then this killer in this completely white house, this killer dressed completely head-to-toe in a black suit and a black mask, just appears yeah. from behind him having made no noise. It's all very strange and dreamlike. And you're like, is this what happened or is this Dave's memory of what happened? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, he's shot twice here. No, he was just shot once. No, there were there was a second shot. No, that was just like the the sound effects and the editing. No, he just gets shot in the head like Dave did in the No, I know he only gets I I know yeah. it's only No, but there's no there's no I mean I would have to watch it to be sure, but I think it was just, you know, them being fanciful with the editing and the sound effects. I don't think he's actually meant to be shot twice. Yes, and the same thing with the uh, out of body experience sort of thing yeah. was That was really weird. Was yeah. that really out of body experience? Yes, he did die and yes, he did come back to life. And, uh, but he does talk thought- about it. You know, a little. Yeah. Uh, but from there, we jump into Dave being introduced. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, we get the kidnapping that sets it off, duh. Uh, but then we get Dave being introduced to his new uh, partner, Vera Farmiga, famous actress Vera Farmiga, in one of her, in like maybe her first regular role on a TV show. She would later become a, you know, a big part of a lot of major motion pictures and the star of a little TV, a very successful TV show called Bates Motel, which was about the youth of one uh, Norman Bates, you know, the killer from Psycho. Now, we haven't watched that show, but it did run for a while. So, you know, way to go, Vera Farmiga. Uh... She's playing the Susan character here. I assume she has the same name, but I've already forgotten. Yes, yeah, she does, and okay. it doesn't matter. It's all it. The in fact, it's the script verbatim. Almost verbatim. I would say it is seventy-five percent of the original script is just presented oh, wow. exactly. Yeah. Other than like changing place names, it's pretty much the exact same script. That's fair to say, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say yes. They went through it and made some... We're going to talk about some of the changes. Yeah, and there is a 25% change, I would argue. Yes. Changes, but whenever everything was working, particularly with um, Hinks, um, it's all... Oh, it's all the exact same. Yeah, everything is the exact same. And and this is going to sound crazy, that, like, Even to better in every respect? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, there was one area... In which I preferred the original. What do um, you think? I would, I would tell you no. <laughs> I mean, I sat there, I couldn't believe it as I'm watching the thing because yeah. uh, you know it's two parts. Yep. But it's it was just smooth through. It just yeah, you was, you can watch it as a one hour as a in as one thing as a movie. Yeah, yeah, it, and mine just did that. Yeah. Um, so it is, um, it was the same as the pilot. No, I would say that there isn't all the things that, no, if there's a, if there are a few things wrong with this particular version, they are the same things that were wrong with the other version. Yeah. Right. So, um, no, and I can't see anything 
in the other version that I preferred to this. No. This is this is clearly you follow it from beginning to end. You don't have to wonder what the hell's going on at times. They do create the the time discon they fix the problems. Yeah. They must have sat down and watched it and said, but what? But what? But what? Just yeah. like we did. It flows and, much better than the original did. So the flow is much clearer, right? Um, and I think part of the flow being so much clearer is giving us a red herring and using that red herring to introduce Cyril to the story in a way more organic way than the original did. Yeah. Like, Cyril being a witness to one of the crimes who, you know, has the exact same mental problems, or slightly different, but it's like the same general mental problems that the original Cyril did, but he gets involved in the case in a completely organic way because he was there at one of the kidnap sites. And And so they arrest him. Yes, and so they arrest him, right? And obviously, like, the cops would be happy to just say, this guy, this this weird guy who thinks he's a a spaceman from the future who's just dreaming all of this, they're like, they'd be, the local cops would be happy to throw this guy in jail. But, you know, the the serial crime division, whatever part of the FBI is. It just says, no. Obviously, it can't be him. We're looking for a guy who... You know, managed to kidnap multiple kids in different cities and is likely holding them somewhere. And this guy clearly does not have the mental capacity and, you know, just basic understanding of how the world works to pull any of that off. Well, and I think I think the very fact that Cyril talks to Dave because he's the only person that talks to Cyril. Yeah, that's what Cyril says. You will hear the only person that talks to me mm-hmm. in my dream. So, yeah. of course, I'm going to talk to you. It was a nice touch. Yeah, and I, so it made it more, it made it seamless. And yeah. they could do it because Cyril basically disappeared in Touching Evil British. So, yeah. whereas here, he's going to be sticking around quite clearly. Well, yeah. he's living with Dave because yeah. Dave, I mean, and another change that they made because you don't have to. Like, I really liked the fact that his wife did not have somebody else. Yeah. You know, to complicate the situation. Well, we don't know where that's going yet, but we'll see. No, no, we don't know where that's going. We don't see any evidence of that. No, there's no evidence of of another partner. Yeah. She just had to leave, you know, and Dave, of course, doesn't tell anybody that he's living in a scuzzy motel. Yeah. He doesn't tell anybody where he's living at all. No, and that little that little foray where the guy he's been living there for a while. Yeah, the guy who owns the motel knows he's a cop, so mm-hmm. when he's got trouble, he just goes and knocks on the door and says, "Can you come and take care of this?" Yeah. It's a good deal, and yeah, it's a so nice it's- character moment, right? It's yeah. a nice character beat for Dave, who, and this is where we really have to get into it, is a completely different character than Dave in the original, like. He, there are yeah. a lot there are similarities because they have the same backstory and they're both dealing with the same issues. But this Dave, I mean, while a lot of him is, you know, pretty standard quirky cop stuff that we've seen a million times before, at least he has a personality. 
Yeah, no, that's what I was just going to say. He actually care because you set it up the way it is. He cares about Cyril. Yeah. Right. Which is why he has Cyril's sleeping in the second bed in his motel room. Yeah. Right. Overnight because Cyril had no place to go. Exactly. And, because he uh, doesn't know how to function in the world. Yeah. And he's sort of homeless. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then he finds a place for Cyril to be. Yeah. Right. At the end of it. Yeah. Um, it, it is, uh, he, yes, he's, and he's also, everybody kind of knows about his being shot and he doesn't want to kind of talk about it, but he doesn't go to his, his wife to talk to his wife. He goes to, he talks to her, his yeah. ex-wife, but you know, and then he, so we have that same thing where he doesn't sleep on the couch, though he ends up sleeping in the children's bedroom. Yeah. Between the two girls on the floor, mm. right? And um, you have the thing about, like, you do go back to the motivation for wanting to kill Ronald being him thinking about what if it was my children, mm -hmm. right? And, like, he and he's pissed off at himself. Like, and they have the same thing where he had to rescue those kids and he's pissed off at himself that he screwed up the case in the way he rescued those kids. Yeah. But... How do I put this? Um, Dave in the original always seems way too much in control. Yeah, this guy actually goes to his boss. Yeah. And says, look, I." the boss says, have you got it under control? And he said, well, sort of. Yeah. You know, he actually admits that there's still this really raging anger. Yeah. He also admits that part of his brain, it, it, it has damaged part of his nope. brain it has to do with either the empathy i can't remember what he says with part of it um you know his interaction so he has trouble sometimes controlling his anger yeah and yeah. he actually admits that like so far it's frontal lobe damage that's famously something it can do yeah. and what happens is that is that he is more he seems to be more self-aware yeah than, than the uh, original Dave. He is not trying to hide himself. Nope. Like he has to be told by his boss, go get dressed in a decent way. So yeah. he takes Cyril to the store to figure out what he should wear, right? Yeah, that was actually very nice. You know, whereas the other Dave is already controlled, is very, very controlled. Well, and so buttoned up that we spent yeah. the whole show trying to figure out what was going on with him. And we got to the end of the show, the entire series, and we're like, I still don't have any idea what was going on with Dave Cregan. No, not Whereas really. In this show, you've got a guy who can't, who is having trouble, who, because he sees what happened, what, like, because he sees Cyril as another guy who can't function in the world, he's clearly latching on to him because he sees reflected back his own ability, like his own inability to function in the world and be good with people. Yeah, he's having a hard time being good with people. And so he's, he, but he's trying, at, but he's willing to admit that he has this problem. Yeah. And that is very different. Now, In the original, yeah. We will see. I think that, and getting rid of, I mean, there's one guy and I thought, is that the guy that's going to be Jonathan in the end? Um, I can tell you which one it is. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, it's the guy who was doing the surveillance uh, on the car when they did the break-in yes. scene. And he's only got three lines in the episode. 
And I'm like, I said he was also in the car chase. Yeah, he was also in the car chase. But so my question he, is, yeah. if you're going to do the Jonathan thing, why didn't they introduce his wife being pregnant in this episode? Well, they may not do the same thing. You're right. I they mean, might not do the same thing. We, not, we have no idea because no, we I don't, don't remember. have yeah. a mark. Yeah, we don't have a mark yet. Yeah. So, so you know, you're they absolutely did, right. They did, did definitely make some changes to make it clearer. They We didn't get bogged down in inter... Like th- there is interpersonal stuff. There's one scene where he's a dick to the uh, the psychologist. Yes, and then apologizes right away. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, yeah. that was that was nice. I really liked that scene. Yeah, it's good. Again, it's good to see him making an effort. It's good to see him trying. Yes, and and it's good to reinforce how hard it is to remember to try. Like he's just. He's not good at regulating and remember the remembering these interpersonal things, right? And yeah. what's appropriate. And so when he gets called out on it, he has to like dial back the anger at being called out and like listen to complaints. Like it's these are nice he, character beats he's yeah, having. Yeah, this this was so much better. I still can't believe how much better. Given that it's the I, same episode and it's it, so much better. Yeah, and and it, all it took was some little twigs here. Little and there. tweaks, uh, more stuff with Cyril to give him a yeah. chance to give. And again, this is the secret by spending all this extra time with Cyril. And by the way, not doing any of the supernatural stuff with Cyril. Right, they didn't do any of the any of the clouds. I was wondering if they were gonna, but no, nope. no, no. He he did he did feel that he was really this this alien, and he lived on, and the. And the thing is, is, is that this Dave, this Dave just literally moves into Cyril's world and says, Oh, yes, of course, Alpha, yes. Alpha nine or whatever it is. Alpha nine or whatever. Oh, yes, the moon around Saturn. Exactly. The space station that's orbiting Saturn. Yeah. No, everybody knows about that. Yes. Yeah. Of course. You know, he, he basically interacts very well with Cyril on Cyril's level. So to get Cyril to, and you don't, you know, to get Cyril to open up and keep talking and yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't ever alienate him. He just lets him talk through whatever his issues are in whatever metaphor he has to use. Yeah. And, and hopefully gleans the information he needs from that. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, given, given that so much of the episode is the same, as I said, they even have him driving a yellow Volvo. I know. <laughs> That's how close it is. Yeah, the yellow Volvo. And they and as, you know, like as Dave says, who drives a yellow Volvo? Yeah, in this case, who drives a yellow Volvo? Right? Definitely weird. Definitely weird. Volvo I, had that so, burst of uh, you know, that burst of being part of the market in uh right in the nineteen seventies where they told yes. all the people you weren't gonna have to buy a new car for fifteen years. Yeah. And that did work, and nobody had to buy a new car for 15 years, but then the 90s showed up, and Volvo wasn't really a thing anymore, tragically. Yeah. I mean, they're still out there, but I'm just saying, like, they they had lost that marketing niche that they had in the 1970s. Well, it's because of the safety factor, too. Right? Oh, yeah, they were the safest cars, and that's how they marketed themselves to all of these people having kids. 
It was a very, it was a very smart move. Like all the baby boomers are starting families now. And it's like, it's a completely safe car to drive your family in. And you're not going to need a new car for 15 years. And you know what? Like in the nineties, my friend's parents still had Vol the Volvos they got in like 1979 and 1980. So yeah, it well, did your, work. Your, yeah. your parents got a Mercedes. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Mercedes also ran forever. So there you go. Oh, the, but I will tell you, I still will say it. The only car worth the money you spend on it. Oh yeah. Cause that, that thing will run forever. The Mercedes. Not only that, but it was safe. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. Because they what they did was they put this steel partition so that even if you had a head-on collision, yeah, uh, the engine would not move into the passenger. Yeah, see, which is kind of incredible. Like it was really incredible because one of my friend's fathers was drunk, of course. Oof. He was a lawyer. What a, what the hell, right? Yeah. Um, and he 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 actually had a crash and he ran into a tree and stuff. Oh my and god. I think he had a broken leg. Oof. You know, I it was just because the engine just came in and thwomped him. No, the engine crumpled. Oh. It doesn't okay. it doesn't go anywhere near the passenger seat. It was just he whatever happened, right? He Right. His seat belts weren't quite I thought you meant like the engine pinned his leg. Oh, no, no, no. No, it didn't move. Like nice. like it didn't get into because of this the cabin barrier. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. So, uh, so heavy. the, the key part here though is that like, we can't stress enough that how nothing is changed about the Hinks plot. Nothing. The Hinks it is plot the exact is the... same story using the exact same dialogue. Yeah. It's just like, Denver, Colorado instead of Strasbourg, Germany. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it. Um, no, no, nothing against, you know, Ian McDiarmid. Selchko Ivanek is so much better in this part. He oh, is yes. so good in this. Yes, yes. He is so captivating. And, and he's young and he's got a beard and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, but so, he's so, like, he's, you just can't take your eyes off him. And he's just so good at having this thing where... There is there was a sinisterness to Hinks in the original, right? Yes. And here he's so good at playing the victim and acting like you don't think for a second, right, that Hinks isn't a monster in the original. But here, even though we know the script and we know obviously he did it, he's so good at playing innocent and talking to the cops like, huh, so you just found out. Oh, I just tried to do the right thing when I heard there was an abduction and all of this stuff. Like, he's just so good at selling it. Yeah. He's that so you immediately believe that the cops would dismiss him as a possibility. Oh, this rich white guy who's completely comfortable with us? Right? And how how well he plays the moment of of shock at finding out his uh his his rear um his brake light is smashed and then pretending like and then taking half a second to be surprised before pretending he knew about it yeah like it's such a good moment because he's selling well what dave acknowledges that like this is the kind of person who cannot cannot deal with being exposed to no less, to have, you know, less knowledge than anyone else he's talking to ever. 
Yeah. Right. And it's such a key part of the character and the actor sells it so well. I mean, we, we love everything this guy does. Like, he is just magnificent. I was rewatching Seven Psychopaths the other day, and he doesn't have a lot to do in that movie, but he's so funny in that movie. Oh my God. Uh, he, it's, it's Martin McDonough. And, um, you saw, did you see In Bruges? No. Oh, okay. Well, there, there's a great, I mean, there's this great scene in the movie where, uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Oh my god, I'm laughing at it already. Where Colin Farrell is, you know, rude to somebody on a train, or is it a bus? But anyway, um, and the guy, it's Zeljko Ivanek, is, you know, yelling at him, and, uh, he hears his voice, and he, you know, punches him out, because the guy's American, and America killed John Lennon. <laughs> it's just, it's so beautiful. <laughs> And later he finds out that the guy was Canadian. Is like, oh god, now I feel bad about it. Canadians didn't kill John Lennon. <laughs> it's just such a beautiful little beat. Uh, but yeah, and so of course Martin McDonough likes to bring people back, so he brought him back for the small part in Seven Psychopaths, and he's just fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I'm watching him in this, and I'm like, damn, like he's added so much to the character because he both seems more friendly, right? Yeah. He seems more friendly, and then as the thing goes on, becomes more calculatingly sinister. Yes. And that is, yes. And that, yeah, you're right. I, when I, what, when you first said it, I'm going, but I'm going, no, but you're right. He does seem like a nice guy. And, yeah. He sells you know. it. He really sells it. Yeah. So yeah, just just nothing but great things about to say about him in this role. Like he's so good. I liked everybody here. I liked that the boss. Uh, it genuinely seems to be Dave's friend. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And Dave is honest with him. So and Dave is honest with him about this stuff, and I I really like that he just he just genuinely seems like he's Dave's friend. It doesn't seem like, and maybe we'll, who knows where they're gonna go with it, right? We don't know. But maybe he'll turn out to be a manipulative monster later, you know, but, and just like, and I think we can say about the guy from the original, terrible manager, you know, just a terrible manager of people. Uh, so maybe he's going to, we're going to find out all of that stuff about him, but it's just like a really interest, likable presence in this first episode. Well, all I can say is that pot potentially what, what the, the thing may be, that in as we watch the rest of the episodes, yeah, um, I'm wondering whether we're going to find that the writers of this touching evil don't hate cops as much as the writers in, um, yeah, as Paul Abbott, Abbott does, yeah, and as Paul Abbott, as Paul Abbott, oh come on, you know, crap, Jimmy McGovern, Jimmy and McGovern, Jimmy McGovern do. do. Well, and but I mean, this is what yeah. I was saying last time, right? With uh, when we were talking about Dave and how there is no corollary. I mean, as I said, now there's ice. So if you say someone was in ice, you know they're a terrible person right away. Hmm. I would argue if they say they're in the NYPD, you know you're, they're a terrible person. But that's a whole other conversation. But and everyone can agree that ice and everyone who works for ice is garbage, right? Uh, but, and that's how people feel about Special Branch in the UK. Whereas America is all in on loving cops and always has been. Like, copaganda was invented in America by the LAPD with the show Dragnet. 
Yeah. And like, it's it's fantastic because I mean the story of Dragon is fascinating because it happened completely organically. Jack Webb was playing like a um a medical examiner or coroner or something like oh no no um crime scene te- evidence technician in a movie right and so he asked to do a ride along and this is before ride alongs were like a thing. He invented the concept of a ride along and he loved hanging out with these cops so much that he pitched to the LAPD a radio show where he would play a cop and it would all be based on their actual cases. And the key part is they would have approval over, you know, the cases, not only the cases he chose. So they would submit cases that they thought would make for a good show, but also how they were portrayed. And he would like, give me full access to your cases and I will give you a veto over how you are presented on TV. Right. And that became, you know, just how copaganda worked from then on to the point where J. Edgar Hoover famously said, we need a, we need a dragnet for the FBI. And that's how the show, the FBI got created. (laughs) He looked at how much people, because the LAPD was famously the most corrupt police department in the country. (laughs) Read the books of James Elroy, right? Yes, read them. Or read any history of the LAPD. They were monstrously, famously corrupt. Uh, but they became the most beloved uh, police force in the country because of the show Dragnet. And so the FBI, who was mostly known for murdering bank robbers, bank robbers that, you know, the people of the country kind of liked, got, you know, got their own TV show, the FBI, which completely changed how people thought of that. So it's like there's literally, by the time this show comes out, a 70-year history of the media lionizing cops that England just doesn't have. No. So yeah, obviously, all of these cops on this show are going to be treated more sympathetically because it's an American show. And, oh my god, what an interesting worldview that's going to contend with, because... Cracker never squared that circle. No. American Cracker was so close to the original and it like, and Fitz still hated cops so much. Like it never figured out exactly what it was trying to say about the LAPD. Right. Cause it still had the guy who went to have sex with a suspect's girlfriend casually. Right. But this is an American cop show and it had a thing where a cop and a cop's girlfriend were the killer who murdered another cop and the it was also his sister. It's a messed up episode. <laughs> a really messed up episode. A weird messed up episode. <laughs> but anyway, it's like that show never figured out what it said about cops. I would not be surprised if this show wasn't like ends up being wholly pro cop in like in an unambiguous way. Well we'll see. I mean Based we'll based on what see. we've seen so far. Well, in this episode, it's just a little bit, it, it's clear that it's a little bit, there's no, um, and, and they're not being so mean to Jonathan, you know, no. even though they got mad at him because yeah. he lost the guy. Well, you know, it wasn't his fault. He lost the guy. No, it wasn't. You know, and, um, so yeah, and I actually, and it, and they handled the, 
the finding of the apartment building. Very that, organically, like, because, yeah. and I mean, they don't need Cyril's hint because they just have the obvious thing that it's like, if you guys were detecting it, it had to be broadcast from somewhere yeah. with that kind of range. It had to be high up and there's no place that it could be broadcasting in the area where you picked it up better than from that building. If it was just in some house, it wouldn't be able to get a strong enough signal. By nature, broadcast antennas have to be able to go through the air. If you've ever seen a broadcast antenna, they're way up in the air because houses block the signal. Yeah, and so, but, I mean, that's what's so interesting is, right, yes, it's very organic, Mm -hmm. and they just go around and look for it and go, oh, okay, um, yeah, here it is, and they find the boys again. Yeah. And I really like the fact that that we didn't get left to wondering whether the boys were alive or not. No, they let us they 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 didn't wait for that at all in this version. No, I mean he goes and one of the boys starts to move. Moving immediately. Gets, like, oh, okay, thank and you. And then because he thinks they're dead. Yeah. It's true. He does the same thing as Dave. He thinks they're dead, but he goes in and he starts to cry. He starts to cry. Yep. Right? And then one of the boys moves. And he's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. It's just like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) He couldn't have coped. It was quite a relief that they didn't, you know, jerk us around the way the original did. Yeah, I think I think that 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 sometimes there are some places where I think in the original you felt they were just doing it to jerk us around. Oh, completely. Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with that 100%. That and they're just not doing it this time. No, and whether that continues on, I mean, it only had one season, so. Yeah. Um, or we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and it may not. I mean, I did, there was one review, reviewer who said he liked the first episode, but they weren't consistently good after that. Oh. But okay. we'll see. I mean, it's because we've seen the original. And yeah. who knows? I mean, who knows what they were expecting and who knows how it plays. Yeah. yeah. And these time, you see, this time, it, it is, um, we're still at the point where now we can do both, right? You can go and look at the originals. You can find them sometimes. So, here's my question to you. Okay. Um, so Jeffrey Donovan's on this. Yeah. And it's the USA Network. Yeah. And obviously they must have thought he was a star because right after this, they give him that monk episode and then the monk episode goes really well. And right after the monk episode, they start developing burn notes. Yeah. So it's like, it's just weird how they, they kept him or it's almost, I mean, I would not be surprised if they had him on a multi-year contract, right? To just sit and wait for them to like develop a show for him when Touching Evil didn't go, because they were so sure he was going to be a star for them. And that's why they put him on Monk, because they just had under him under contract to wait there anyway. So they're just like, well, we're paying you just to be here, so go be on Monk, and then we'll figure out a show for you. And like I said, I just watched Oliver Notice, and that's a good show. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It is. Like, it's a very fun show. I liked it a lot. Um, It's not a great... I don't think it's a great show. (laughs) No wise guy, okay. No, it's no wise, but what is wise guy? Yeah, you know, I mean, 
when when you but when you put it against a lot of the stuff that was on, I mean, it's, it's the certain- USA Network. It was just one of these USA Network, you know, uh, light dramas, and it was a perfectly. It's a perfectly good action show, you know. And let's face it, it was better than Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like it's fun, and it doesn't aspire to much. And I mean, and that's the key thing: it doesn't aspire to very much. And it, you know, kind of gets there. Although I will say this about Burn Notice. It, it lost its nerve in the last season when, um, oh God, I'm blanking his name, but Pete from, uh, Briscoe County Jr. is on it, right? As a guy who is running essentially this criminal organization who is, you know, pissed off at how unbelievably corrupt and murderous all of the world's spy agencies are and oh, wants yeah. to oh, take, this- a- yeah. You remember this. No, I remember, I remember the last season. Yeah. And the funny part about it is like the show loses its nerve because it has been the entire time a show about how evil the intelligence agencies are. And then the last minute he's like, yeah, but I don't want to do anything about it. I just want to run away. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Well, run away. Okay. Then I guess run away. (laughs) A little disappointed in you there, Michael Weston, but fine. (laughs) Go back to Ireland or whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was kind of frustrating ending. But yeah, but watching him in this, you're like, I get why they were so desperate to make him a star. Because he's very compelling in this. Yeah, he is. He is. He, he's created a compelling character, which Robson yeah. Green did not do. He never made it. And it's crazy because Robson Green would pull that off with Tony Hill. Yeah. But the crazy part is... And I mean, maybe like, was this, was this the adapter's ideas? Was this, you know, Jeffrey Donovan's idea? Did they do it in consultation? Because on paper, they're dealing with roughly the same, um, the same script, right? They've got the same script. They've got the same basic character, but they've given all him all of these extra flourishes. And weirdly, a lot of the flourishes make him a lot like Tony Hill. A lot more like Tony Hill. That yeah. it is interesting, but what I would say it's the it's this group of writers sat yeah. down, watched the watched obviously watched the original, yeah, and went or got the script of the original. Oh, and no, got, I'm sure they watched it. Like, yeah, they watched it and went, oh, this there are problems here. That's yeah. what I said at the beginning. I mean, they clearly saw some of the things that we saw that made it very problematic. Because you could, you, you got more sense of continuity. Like when he finally figures out that probably, um, you know, once he finds out about the story from his childhood, his childhood, he talks to the mother of that little boy, Mm -hmm. but he also, you know, he confronts that's the same thing that, that the original British one did. Yep. It's and he confronts slight, things with it, yeah. And he and then he pulls back on his anger, um, mm-hmm. but he also like when they and then to do the second thing, he, they don't find the cam- camera as such. What they do is he has the local cops in Denver yeah. going right and throw a smoke bomb in the room and close the door, and no smoke comes out of it, anything. So it was hermetically sealed. Mm-hmm. So I like. That just made a lot more sense than this, the whole thing that was, it was so confusing with stuff. In the original, yeah. In the original, right? 
and where he where he goes back and sees that oh there's a camera in there right yeah and oh, totally uh, you know and we get a lot more with the dog so oh yeah and also dog makes it out alive by the way yes <laughs> very dog happy dog. to see it. and by the way that's that's the biggest change that you'd expect for it. That's how you know Americans made this. No, the dog's fine, everybody. Don't worry yeah. about the dog. Don't worry about the dog. He doesn't die. Again, to... Uh, that's, I just uh, literally came up in um, the movie Seven Psychopaths, which was the studio. It's about dog kidnappers. And the studio was like, uh, I mean, you can be as violent as you want, but you can't kill a dog in this movie. <laughs> No, don't worry. So, no, no, that, the only dog. And that studio note, conf uh, confusingly, ended up in the script and in the movie. Well, all I can say, all I can say is the only dog that's ever been killed is old Yeller. <laughs> there you go, the one time. Well, no, Cujo doesn't make it out alive. Oh, Cujo, you know, well, yes, yeah. but Cujo at, was the villain. Uh, it yes. was the same problem. But it was the same problem as with old Yeller. They both yeah. had. It's rabies, yeah. Yeah, they both had rabies and they had to be shot. Yeah. That's the that's the extremist. Exactly. Right? But I mean it's yeah, it's it's considered one of the great American tragedies, and the tragedy is you had to kill a dog. Well, yeah, I'll, never mind. You have no I I've told this story. I, know. I cried and I I know I, my father was so upset because he he had taken me to see old Geller, and when we got home, I was still crying. And my mother and I'm trying to tell my mother about the movie, and I'm still crying <laughs> because the dog had to be killed. Yeah, because the dog had been such yeah. a good dog. Such oh, he'd been such a fantastic dog. What I mean, it's the same as, and, and it, I mean, again, if you want to go in, look at. Well, yeah, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's also, what do you call it, um, of mice and men? Same exact thing. Like, yeah. what's the, the worst thing? Like, that dog getting killed leads to more regret than Curly's wife getting killed. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway... Yes, uh, sure yes. No, but the a, dog is paper. fine. Somebody's the written a paper about this somewhere. Oh, I'm sure that's not a, that's not that one's not up to us. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Like it's, I find it very interesting that it's like, yeah, no. Obviously, the dog's got to live, but that's the only major change because they rescue the kids and they can't arrest Hanks, and Dave goes to deal with Hanks, and Hanks has already killed himself. Wink. Of course, we know he didn't kill himself, but that's a whole other conversation, which I'm sure we'll be dealing with next week. Actually, that's an interesting question. How long are they going to spin this out? I have no idea. in the original, it obviously, it was just two episodes, but it was technically four more hours because it's, you know, long, uh, like long episodes and short seasons. Like, are they going to make us wait for the rest of the season or is it going to be like next week? This guy, you know, kills somebody else and they wrap up that plot and Mark is his replacement the week after. You know, I haven't checked when Bradley Cooper shows up on the show because Bradley Cooper's playing Mark. Uh, okay, well, I just have opened it up. Oh, you're going to check? Well, don't, don't tell me. I want to be surprised. Uh, yeah, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. And in fact, I would advise you don't look yourself. But yeah, like... And this is a question I'm going to look forward to answering, which is, 
how much of this show's tone and vastly different treatment of the characters are we going to be saying by the end of the show comes down to cops can't be bad guys on American television? Because, yeah, in this episode, we get the standard thing where the local cops don't like the FBI coming in and running them out. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and, but I mean, that's, that's every TV show. <laughs> every TV yeah, show does. And that. they handled it exactly the same way that they did in, um, what? In, in the uh, British one. Oh, yeah. Exactly the same way. Telling you don't get the credit like that happened in the original too. Yeah. You know, it's like we're handling all of the media and everything, but you won't, you will get credit for all of your stuff. But in the original, they didn't have the extra, you know, attack on the local cops where the local, local cops are trying to just happy to frame anybody for this crime. Yeah. That didn't happen in the original version. And that did happen in the American version. But it is a normal thing. We've talked about this on a lot of shows and a lot of our things, how it is just the way you increase the competence of the FBI in your show is to say local cops are incompetent. And the way, if a show is about local cops, is you say the FBI is out of touch and doesn't understand how people live, right? So there is this, like, if it's a show about federal cops, local cops are awful. If it's a show about local cops, federal cops are awful. And it's like every show does this. But I don't think that... I don't think that goes over the line into in any way indicting a culture of policing. See no, what I'm saying? no, it doesn't. No, like not at no, all. It doesn't. Not it. Whereas the shows that we've been watching, British shows we've been watching, it's take that next step. Yeah, they take that step and just indict the police as a whole. Doesn't yeah. matter which ones they are. Yeah, they're it's, a problem. Exactly. Because like just the cops. Are a problem, and it doesn't matter that they don't have guns. No, and then that's the, not relevant to the issue. No, 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 no. The cops, yeah. except well, never mind. We're not we're not going down that road. That's going to be a whole other conversation. Yeah, let's not let's not go traipsing down that road. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yes, I'm I'm honestly after watching this, very interested to see how, where the rest of the season goes. Um, like, yes. Because I was I was pleasantly surprised, you know, at how good this was. And a lot of that, I mean, I'd say a lot of it is the complete transformation of Dave into a totally new character, who yeah. again is kind of like Tony Hill if he was an aggressive dick. <laughs> kind of kind of what they're going for there. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Uh and a lot of it is just how good Zeljko Ivanek is as the villain. But I think the most, the most, the thing that I've hanging my hat on is the most interesting part of this pilot. And I want to see how it develops is what they're doing with Cyril. Yeah. Where is this relationship with Cyril going to go? And how are they going to use it to further humanize Dave? If yeah. that is in fact what they do with it. Cause they, they dropped Cyril like a hot potato after that first season because. None of the writers who came on after Paul Habit, Abbott left, I think, understood in any way, shape, or form what he wanted to do with Cyril or why Cyril was in the show. I mean, hell, maybe Paul Abbott never figured it out, too. But it's yeah. like, Cyril isn't just in the show. It's like he never existed. Yeah. In the, uh, in the you know, the back nine episodes of Touching Evil. Whereas here, he is set up to be a regular cast member. And it's Pruitt, Taylor, Vince. So they've cast, you know... A high caliber actor to plan. 
So I'm very interested to see where this goes. Yep. Well, the next episode is called Why Me? Oh, so that's the one about the pregnant lady. The one about euthanasia. Yeah. Why Wait, me? no. Why Me was the pregnant lady. Well, this one is called Why Me? And it's about the euthanasia stuff. Oh, that's weird. So it's not the... Wait, it has the same title as the pregnant lady who sets people on fire. But it's about the euthanasia, the why am I here stuff. I guess. I don't know. We'll find out when we watch it. We're watching yeah, no, no, it. but it's like, okay, yeah, well, you're right, you're right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm asking you questions about a TV show we haven't seen. You're we right. haven't seen. Very and silly have, of me. Yeah, because and that's the... Too. So I'm looking at this and basically... And what's episode four? it was its own, was its own episode. Because we're going to watch I, two for next week, obviously. Yeah, so why me and Justine? So episode two and episode three. And what's the synopsis on Justine? Because that is not a title I recognize. Three women are found beaten to death outside of strip bars. So that's an entirely new episode. Yeah. Although, um, not saying that American television is too predictable, but one of the completely in, uh, original episodes of Cracker also involved someone getting beaten to death outside of a strip club. Well, you know. It was the one truly interesting original episode of American Cracker. The one about the porn star. Yep. That was, that was that the one was... time they did something super interesting. Yep. The I one agree. time they, they did, they were, they told complete, because if you think about it, they did a lot of, you know, not their stories, right? Of uh, the original stories. And then they had a couple that were their own. And one of them was a complete disaster, that convoluted two-parter where they killed off Hannah. And, uh, but, like, the one that was genuinely interesting was that one about the porn star and her father. Yeah. So strange. All right. Oh, God, the, the, the kid sex club murders episode. I'm just remembering how bad that was. <laughs> oh, Peter Sarsgaard. What the hell? All right, so we are going to be back next week for episode uh, three and four. You're probably having a hard time touching, uh, finding touching evil. While I can't re recommend you go to like an illegal site on the internet to download it, I'm not going to not recommend that either because uh, I am against all of these companies hoarding IPs. Because I want to point out, this show Touching Evil, you can't watch this anywhere. Yeah. Unless you somehow managed, I mean, I don't even know if they made a DVD of it. But the point is, like, it aired for 13 weeks on the USA Network in, like, 2003 or 2004. And unless you taped it, it no longer exists. And I know this is going to sound extreme. I think that's a crime against art. Well, I, 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 look, I don't think that it's extreme. I think that. I, we're willing to pay for it. We bought, you know, we bought American Cracker because they let us buy American Cracker. I mean, like, we bought, we, we're, for heaven's sakes, we bought that other one, Prodigal Son. <laughs> I know. But I want to point out, right, these are companies who it costs hoarding. them. No, no, not just hoarding, but like it costs them th who have decided this art that you know, hundreds of people put a huge amount of work into and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people watched and enjoyed. 
for the all that it would take, because you don't have to pay the actors until you have to pay them dividends uh, of the actual profits, which you will have to do. But essentially, they're saying this show is not what they would have to pay, is not worth what they would have to pay lawyers to just write up a contract to put it all on YouTube, the way American Cracker was all put on YouTube. Yeah. And I but don't know like, why... Well, no, that would, because that would be a phone, that would be a phone call between the USA network and the production company and the various unions involved in its production. And that is like, and that is a series of phone calls and you're going to have to pay lawyers by the hour for all of those phone calls and then write in contracts and get in contract signed. And what they're saying is this show isn't worth those lawyers hours to put those contracts together. Well, I guess more people have to watch it and rate it on. Um, IMDb. I'm surprised there's, um, but my point, I know, but the problem is, unless people do it illegally, there's no way for anybody to watch it and raise the awareness of this show. Yeah. Unless, because it can't be watched anywhere. It's not like it's on, it's not like there's a cable channel showing old episodes of canceled shows (laughs) that used to be a thing. That's how they're like, that's how the unaired episodes on Fox of Bakersfield PD got aired. Like some cable channel showed all of them, right? But that doesn't happen anymore. So when these shows are gone, they're just gone for good. And I hate that we have to be, live in a world where like pirates are the only people preserving media, but spoiler alert, pirates are the only people preserving media because the companies that make the media are sure as hell not doing it. Like they made a Batman movie or sorry, they made a Batgirl movie and they just threw it in the garbage rather than let anybody see it. You can't trust these companies. And while I don't like having to encourage you to illegally download this episode, I also really desperately want people to have a chance to check out this show and the companies that made it like have no interest in doing that. I know, I know, I know. And it's, it is, Oh, I, it's a thorny legal issue. I'm just saying it's, I I would make the argument that this is a thorny legal issue, but it is not a difficult moral issue at all. Well, yes, you know, and who knows what their contracts were, you know, in the old days, the contracts were different. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. It would take lawyers hours to sign that to alter these contracts and to sign these contracts. But again, we know it can be done because we just watched American Cracker on YouTube. Yeah. And we bought it. We bought it. We went there and we paid them $30. And now forever on YouTube, as long as YouTube's around, we own a copy of American Cracker. And there's no reason that couldn't be being done for all of these shows. Yeah. But they're not. So yeah, um, this is my little rant against <laughs> the copyright system in America right now. Oh yeah, well apparently, like the uh, copyright system is so bad that Bill Willingham, creator of popular, um, uh, popular comic book uh, series Fables, right, mm-hmm. is so pissed. At, uh, like, like Warner Brothers is so dishonest and so bad at making contracts and, like, so hard to deal with that he just said, screw it, it's in the public domain now. Could I own the rights to this for the next 80 years and my descendants? Sure. 
But then all me for the next 40 years of my life and all of my descendants would have to deal with this horrible corporation. So I'll just take the hit and release it in the public domain. So, yeah, like that's that's a big deal what he did. And it's very interesting to see if this encourages other people to do the same thing. So we're going to see what happens there going forward. So, yes, did I expect this episode to end with just a rant about copyright law? And the broken state of intellectual property law in America. I didn't, but those are my beliefs. All right. So uh, we're going to be back here next week with episode three and four. We'll see you here for that. No, two and three. Well, no, this was technically episode one and two. Well, technically on IMDb, it was just one. Okay. Well, whatever. Why However, me and Justine? Is you're looking for why me and Justine. And Justine, if you can find them, which again, you might have to look, you know, somewhere pirates hang out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> all right, that is that. Uh, we will be back here for that. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're listening to this on an app or podcaster, please be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. See you back here next week. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week.